when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friend. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shot suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from Pee-wee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at Zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, all right? I need help. E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh, my God. Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Good old J.R. Jim Ross, the author of Slobberknocker, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Damn right you are. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, no, you're welcome. Uh, well, first and foremost, want to ask, concept for creating the mania, because obviously it's a collaboration between ECW Press and 
CTE. So what can you tell us about this project? Uh, you know, it's it's incredible. It's, um, you know, I got hit up by WWE and ECW Press. They said, oh, we have this idea. We want to do like a behind-the-scenes, backstage look, all access of the making and creation of the spectacle known as WrestleMania. And uh, at first I was like, man, that sounds amazing. I would love to write it. But to be honest, I was really skeptical that I would get the access that they promised. You know, it was one of those things where if, you know, I'm trying to write a behind-the-scenes look at WrestleMania, but they don't give me, you know, the proper interviews or, you know, I can't talk to the creative team or the business side, I thought the book could, you know, be a huge failure. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't want to promise something like, oh, you know, I don't want the back of the book to be like, hey, backstage access to, you know, a one-year look at the creating of WrestleMania, and then you look inside, and you're like, you know, this is a fluff piece. Um, so I, I really was like, hey, this is who I want to talk to. I gave him a list of, you know, over 50 names. You know, I said, I want to talk to the creative team, obviously. Um, I want to talk to the superstars involved. I want to talk to the business end. I even said, hey, I want to talk to the mayor of New Orleans. Um, you know, I was like, I want to talk to anyone that is going into this. And uh, WWE was like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, I couldn't believe, you know, I started uh, doing these interviews. And uh, it's actually pretty funny because I'd ask questions. I remember talking to Jinder Mahal, and I asked him about, uh, you know, the battle, Andre Giant Battle Royal and, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski. And he started answering a certain way. And then he stopped, and he goes, oh, wait, so do you want the real answer, or am I talking in character, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, no, I want, I want the real answer. And, uh, you know, same with talking to, like, Road Dog, who's now, you know, the head of creative for SmackDown. Um, you know, he stopped a couple times and was like, you know, am I going to get fired for this? You know, like, uh, am I supposed to be saying this? Like, it doesn't seem right. Like, I grew up in an age where we didn't talk about this stuff. And Road Dog actually stopped and asked someone from WWE who gave him assurance and was like, no, we want you to tell the truth. <laughs> so I think the, you know, the execution, hopefully what people read is the truth, the one-year kind of buildup and behind-the-scenes making of what uh, went into creating WrestleMania uh, from the superstar's perspective, from storylines, from creative uh, from the business and even a fan who who attended WrestleMania. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the feedback I've heard has been overwhelmingly positive so far. Um, you know, everyone from, from fans of, of WWE to even the superstars like Cesaro the other day reached out and was like, great book. You know, it's, a, it's amazing to hear uh, the feedback. Well, I want to step back to something in your uh, answer there was – when you said, I, I'd like to talk to X, Y, and Z and gave them your potential list, uh, was there anybody they said uh, they won't allow you to talk to? Uh, you know, it was interesting. So it wasn't necessarily like I wasn't allowed, but sometimes, you know, like the mayor of New Orleans, like, you know, I put in a request and they never got back to me. Uh, you know, uh, John Cena uh, I think because of how the storyline went with The Undertaker, and it's something that you read in the book, like, that match was actually up in the air for a while. Like, they were talking yeah. about 
you know, oh, uh, you know, I asked Road Dog, you know, and I asked the head of creative for Raw, and they were both like, man, that's above my pay grade. But as far as I know, you know, the Undertaker is not going to be there, or we, he might be there. And so they were trying to figure out alternative plans for Cena, and you know, they're talking about maybe bringing Rey Mysterio in for a one-off. Uh, you know, there are, there are other kind of dominoes that that fell and affected the card. Like, um, you know, I had talked to Jason Jordan, then he was injured, and there was supposed to be like a Kurt Angle versus Jason Jordan match. So maybe if Angle's fighting Jordan, maybe Cena would have slotted with Rousey. Like, we just don't know, you know, what what could have happened. Um, there were like a lot of... He was just working with the information they had. Yeah, exactly. So... I never, you know, like they were like, oh, um, they put in the request for Cena, and then it's like, oh, well, there's nothing to really talk to him about because he doesn't know what the match is. You know, like, um, and then by the time WrestleMania happened, then they were getting, you know, he went to go film a movie, and, you know, it's just one of those things, like the timing didn't work out where I, I never talked to John. Um, you know, another guy that I wanted to talk to uh, was Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I, I put in a request, you know, things are going on with this contract. And it, that was another weird case where, you know, he won the U.S. title, then he vacated it, then he disappeared, and then he came back. And, you know, in the book, they talk about there was a chance if Daniel Bryan didn't come back, it was going to be Shane McMahon and Dolph Ziggler against Owens and Zayn, uh, which has been interesting. But, you know, Dolph went from maybe getting, you know, a, a, a pretty good match, you know, high up on the card to dropping into the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. And so because he went into the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, I never really ended up talking to him. Like, I think I would have ended up talking to him if I got if he was in the tag team match or if he had a singles match. Uh, I still wanted to talk to him because I thought it would have been interesting just to hear his perspective of, like, what he knew about, you know, the he might tag with Shane or how the storyline was going. I wanted to hear his perspective of the U.S. title uh, and everything that happened with that. And, uh, you know, uh, for whatever reason, I never got to talk to him. Uh, obviously, The Undertaker is another one I put in request, but he just doesn't do interviews for books like this. Uh, you know, he, he just won't break character. And I, I understand. I mean, he's a legend. And same with the Cena situation. I mean, it's hard when they're not even sure if he's going to be there. So. Do what they're gonna do. But, yeah. You know, you actually answered two of my questions within what I was <laughs> trying because obviously you seem very fascinated with learning about what some folks because and you see it in the book creating the mania. You see what some people had expectations for to what actually went down when the show went on. Oh, yeah, I'm totally fascinated because I've been a fan, you know, almost my entire life. Like, I remember, uh, you know, watching WrestleMania 2 was pretty much my first, you know, one I watched at home. And I've been hooked ever since, right? So, you know, thanks to the British Bulldogs and, <laughs> you know, here I am today. But uh, so because I'm a fan, I have the same questions that everybody else does. You know, I'm like, uh, everything from the storylines to why certain people get pushed to, you know, I talked to the television director and I asked him about the camera cuts. Like, why do you do this? <laughs> you know, like, I, I have this, I have the same 
uh, questions, concerns that, you know, the average fan has, I just have a lot better access, I guess. And so I get to ask the questions and try to provide the answers to the people. Well, as far as that uh, process there, because that was actually something on my list here, uh, obviously you mentioned not only there but in other interviews that there's topics fans usually talk about whether it's the smarts or the people online or whatever the case may be, decipher between the topics that the average fans talk about to what you want to address for the book. How do you decipher that? Uh, you know, I think they're all, they're one and the same. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get to the bottom of how, you know, WrestleMania came about. And a lot of the questions people have, like, why does Roman get pushed? Uh, you know, what happened with Braun Strowman? Uh, you know, uh, why are, like, the Usos never in WrestleMania? Like, those are all questions that, you know, I've had for years as well. Or, you know, I've had while developing this book. So I think, you know, as long as it fit in the narrative of the of the story, you know, it's, it's one of those things I want to address it and put in the book. So, you know, I think, like, being, like I said, being a fan myself, I have these same questions. And I, I thought, like, this could be a cool book in terms of answering a lot of those questions from WWE's perspective. So since I have the access, I'm going to ask them and, and try to incorporate it in the book. Well, you obviously have been watching since a youngster. And uh, how did you uh, introduce the product to your children? Because I think I saw a couple of spots where your children are older, but they enjoy the product. So how was it something they found on their own, or did you introduce it to them? Oh, you know, uh, it's funny. So, yeah, my daughter's 13, my son's 17. And uh, my daughter loves, like, Sasha Banks. Uh, and so it's actually one of the funny things that happened is I was talking to Sasha on the phone, and my daughter came home from school. And uh, so I put Sasha on speakerphone, and uh, my daughter's like, I recognize that voice. Like, you know, like she's in, she comes in the room, she's like, you know, mouths like, who are you talking to? And then Sasha was like, hi, Caroline, how's it going? You know, <laughs> and uh it was hilarious to see, like, my daughter's face, and it was cool with Sasha to talk to her, you know, like, you know, it's like a hero, a hero moment, you know, I wish we could have been there in person, uh, but, uh, you know, I had told Sasha earlier how my daughter loves her, and then so when she came home, she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to her, you know, like, uh, it's just kind of funny, it was cool with Sasha, but uh, to answer your question, you know, I think it's one of those things, like, I would be watching and, uh, uh you know, my kids just got interested, and we went to a live event. And, you know, when you go to a live event, uh, it's such a, a fun experience, and it kind of sucks you in with the energy and, you know, the crowd. And, uh, you know, especially in the Bay Area, uh, I live in San Francisco, so, you know, going to an event in San Jose, uh, out in Oakland, uh, you know, they usually have good crowds. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's fun to see their reactions um, because – as kids, like, you know, my daughter and her friends, uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, they love the shield. Like, one of her friends, like, loves Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, so it's interesting, like, from different – to look at it from different perspectives, especially, like, watching, like, the build-up to WrestleMania, I might think, like, oh, 
man, that match is going to be lame. And then she'll be like, oh, can you believe it? Like, that's going to be awesome. You know, like, so it, it reminds me that, like, you know, the WWE creative, man, they have a, a very, like, huge net of what they're casting out there. And, um, you know, they're trying to appeal to so many different people. And sometimes, you know, I think people complain, but it might not necessarily be being written for them you know like some of the angles are being written for you know younger people or teenagers like i think the braun Strowman and nicholas versus the bar is the perfect example like yeah. to me i would have loved to seen the bar in a tag team match against the actual tag team and uh i mean they're one of my favorite teams uh, I, I love cesar i love sheamus as singles but as a team i, I just think they're great and uh I was like, oh, you know, they're going to go against Braun and a kid. Like, it's kind of funny. But then it's like, oh, then they lose after all that. They, you know, like, it, it seemed like a waste. But to my daughter and her friends, they thought it was amazing that this kid was, you know, like, uh, <laughs> that Braun just picked a kid out of the, the stands. And, like, they were like, oh, can you imagine if that was me? Like, I'm going to kick Cesaro on the teeth again, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I saw it from a completely different perspective, like, Ah, oh, that makes sense. Like, wow, like, they talked about that moment, you know, for a month. Like, oh, can you believe uh, Braun chose a kid? Like, that would have been amazing if it was me. And it made a lot more sense in my mind than me just being, like, the old guy, like, going, ah, oh, I wish the bar got more respect, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, themes that you, excuse me, uh, themes that you are the father of a teenage daughter, uh, what's the uh, woman's revolution like seen for you as a father's perspective? Oh, man. Uh, it's really amazing to me. Like, I think the the evolution from, you know, what we've got in, like, the Attitude Era and the way the women were presented um, to today where, you know, it kind of went from, I don't know, like, sex objects to athletes and competitors and that doesn't mean that they're not, you know, still beautiful and sexy because they are. I think uh, it's just the way they're presented now as uh, athletes. And, man, these women are amazing, and they go on and steal the show. And uh, I love seeing it, and I love seeing, like, my daughter's reaction to these women. Like I said, she loves Sasha Banks and, you know, Charlotte Flair. And, you know, to see – her watching these matches and, you know, rooting for Becky and, uh, you know, she sees them as competitors and on the same level as the, yeah, and she sees these women now on the same level as the male competitors. And I think that's the big difference, uh, you know, because there were great matches in the Attitude Era. I mean, Trish Stratus was amazing. Uh, Trish and Mickey James, yeah, Trish and Mickey James had one of the hottest feuds, you know, of the time. Um, but, like, now to see, like, all the women, like, presented kind of on the same level, you know, and seeing it through my daughter's eyes, uh, it's a really great step forward. And I hope they keep making these strides. And, you know, in the book, we talk about possible WrestleMania matches coming up. And I think, you know, a Ronda Rousey-Charlotte Flair match could main event WrestleMania. Uh, you know, we'll far see. from the wheelhouse when you think about nah. it. Nah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think – you know, if they present that match and they have the right, you know, build up. I mean, I could see that across, 
you know, ESPN to the Today Show, people talking about Ronda Rousey, but then Charlotte Flair with this family history that everybody knows Ric Flair. Uh, yeah. You know, like, I think this could be presented as the marquee match, just a huge thing going forward. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see it happen where, you know, women main event WrestleMania. Definitely. Final question for you. And, obviously, I'll use your daughter as an example because knowing she's 13, she wouldn't be aware of some guy named Dwayne Johnson getting beat in a video game contest to her father many moons ago. Is that true? (laughs) Oh, yeah, she knows all about it, but just because, you know, her dad's stories. But, uh, yeah, you know, back in the day when uh, I was in college, I was actually writing for a video game magazine called Game Pro, which uh, was, like, the largest video game magazine in the world. And it it just happened to be, like, down the street from where I lived. And I was a creative writing major, and I got the job. And while I was there, I pitched them a uh, cover story on the WWF video game back in the day. And, you know, that was back in the day where WWF was losing the the ratings battle to WCW. So when we went to WWE and they were like, oh, who do you want to interview? You know, I was like, oh, I want to talk to Stone Cold, uh, Triple H, China, Mankind, and this guy, The Rock, I just thought The Rock was really funny. You know, he was Rocky yeah. Maivia. He just kind of entered the, the nation. And, uh, you know, I go backstage, and they're, they're they're all in this room. And there's video games set up, and I got to interview all of them. I spent, you know, a couple hours back there with, with everybody. They gave me so much time. And we ended up doing a cover story. It was the first cover The Rock was ever on, which is kind of funny. Uh, and... You know, uh, about a month later, I get a phone call. I, you know, I, I thought that was like a dream come true. I spent all this time with all these guys. I thought that might be like my only chance to ever talk to a wrestler ever. And a month later, I get a phone call, and it's like, you know, they called me Johnny Ballgame back then because that was my name in Game Pro. And it was like, Johnny Ballgame, it's The Rock. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and Rock called me up, and he's like, hey, we're coming to uh, – I think they were going to the cow palace back then and uh he was like hey we're coming to the bay area you want to hang out and i was like yeah of course <laughs> so uh i'd bring video games and like him and they introduced me to like uh d'lo brown and mark henry and christian and edge and all these guys who were kind of the younger guys in the locker room and they were all big into video games and so whenever they came to town uh you know i'd go uh, i'd play video games and hang out with these guys and uh it was pretty crazy and you know what was cool is the rock would hey you want something to eat let's go to catering like and then we'd see uh different wrestlers backstage and he'd introduce like hey this is my boy johnny ballgame you know uh, i remember meeting the undertaker and the undertaker was like oh dead men don't play video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's not a guy i could see on his downtime you know yeah, but because The Rock went around and introduced me as, like, his friend or his boy or however he phrased it, uh, I was looked at a lot differently than, like, oh, this is some media guy or this is some fan or whoever, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of funny then, you know, next time they'd come to town, uh, d would be like, hey, let's play some games. He'd come to my apartment and we'd play video games in my apartment. You know, like, I got to know these guys like friends and uh 
so I think that really helped me uh, in the long run of doing books later on for WWE and talking to these guys for ESPN. Uh, I think, uh, you know, luckily because I had that access back then and I, I still know a lot of people, uh, you know, they they treat me a little differently than like the average guy who goes in to talk to them. And uh, that's really helped me, even even if I kick the rocks ass at Madden. <laughs> well, the book is Creating a Mania, an inside look at WrestleMania 34. ECW Press, Amazon.com, and there. John, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts, there's bound to be injuries. <laughs> now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars. Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while Sincere Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. writes this shit. Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, 
power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out. To contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, this is Shawn Michaels, and you are listening to Lazy Train Radio. 